Alright. Hey everyone, um, today on Mongo's House I uh, was able to interview the great Juan Cias. Um, he uh, is a mortician and a stand-up comic and I I was really intrigued at the idea of how does a, a mortician become a comic or a stand-up comic become a mortician and uh, we, we talked about that a little bit but what I thought was really great about this interview is that he really was able to show a little bit about about what it means to and what it feels like to be a, a mortician uh, I hope that you guys love it he's a heck of a guy um, so no further ado here's Juan Cias So uh, right. we're uh, we're in the house with Juan Cias. Hello, Juan Cias here. And uh, I've been really excited about this. Um, I talked to you last week. That's when I met you. Yeah. And um, we we were I think we were we're talking about your job, and you're a mortician, right? I am I'm a that's, mortician. That's that's your that's your day job. And so. Um, We'll we'll probably get into all of the different like stupid jokes that we were we were talking about, but um, <laughs> but I I wanted to try. So the, the the question that I've been having, I've been telling everybody, is that like I want to know like how does a mortician become a comic, <laughs> or how does a comic become a mortician, right? Or are they even anywhere related? They. They are in a lot of ways, but for me, the journey... When I was a kid, I, I always wanted to do stand-up. I mean, like, I hate to say it, one of my biggest influences was Bill Cosby. Like, yeah. Back dude, before was, all the shit. Yeah, he was mine, too, you know? And uh, But and I remember watching the Bill Cosby himself special, and like I was like, holy shit, like, people can just do this? And when so he's was, sitting there. Dude, it, it, it was... Himself, yeah. And, and I loved it, man. And I always wanted to kind of like... And I was always a class clown, and I always wanted to do it, but I didn't realize it was something you could actually go and start doing. So... When I was uh, about 18 or so, I used to deliver pizzas. Mm-hmm. And the story goes, uh, I was delivering, uh, I used to sell weed. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll sell weed to a buddy's uncle of mine. And I go to his house. He's a gay guy, too. So went to his house, and I op- he opens the door, and there's an empty casket in the living room. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And yeah. I just had so many questions, dude. <laughs> Is this a guy a vampire? Like, <laughs> right? That would have been my question. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. But then he explained to me that he's a mortician. And like, and I hadn't seen him in a while. So like, I was like, whoa. And I, it, we had a lot of catching up. And I had so many questions. Hold on. Hold on. So, <laughs> so he was a mortician. Yeah. You went to his house to, to sell, sell him weed. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a casket. In his house, an empty casket, just chill, like as as a furniture piece. He used it as a coffee oh. table. Oh, okay. I thought he was taking his job, his work home. With <laughs> <laughs> like, Basically, that's what he was. Is what it was. But uh, he had it as a coffee table, and like, dude, I just had so many questions, and and at that point, like, I was, I didn't, was really unsure what the hell I wanted to do for like work. And I knew I was like always a morbid person. I, I enjoyed like just dark shit. And uh, how old were you? I was, I think at that point I was 19, 19, like yeah, going on close to 20. And I had long hair. I was a long haired stoner, you know, fucking pizza delivery guy. Yeah. And then uh, he, and I just went home and I really thought about it. I was, I gave it a lot of thought, you know, got really high. And I was just like, it's a job that's going to always be around. It's something different every it's day. True. It's like all the morbid shit, all that dark shit I really like. I was like, it's going to be something I'm going to be experiencing. I used to do a lot of writing back then. So this is like, give me a lot of shit I can write about. And uh, so I asked him, how do I get into it? And he was like, well, you got to chop off all your hair. You got to quit smoking weed so you can pass your drug test. And there are jobs where you can just uh, pick up bodies for different mortuaries. Like after hours, mm-hmm. the people on staff weren't there. So they needed somebody to go pick up their bodies like throughout the days, throughout the nights and shit. So I worked for a company that just did that. And oh, okay, so you were you were just the the basically the the dead uh, the dead Uber. Yeah, basically the dead Uber guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I always pictured more like uh, that scene from Monty Python. Where it was like, bring out your dead. I just love like, that scene. Yeah, That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, right, like, dude? Yeah, dude. So I'm feeling much better. <laughs> That's exactly what I would. You know, that, I was just that guy who would just go out and pick up bodies and drop them off at places, but. Eventually, like that, it led into like I met one of the owners of the mortuary. She like she liked my what you know the way I talked. She just liked everything about me. She's like, I want to hire you on, and so I ended up getting like hired on. And like 
from then on out. Like I just like it was started off. It was supposed to originally be just an idea for me, you know, just to kind of get the experience of it. But then I got hired on, and it's like, dude, and I fell in love with it. And like ten years later, dude, I'm still. This is what I've been doing for ten years. But then with that line of work, like I. I started seeing a lot of people and seeing like hearing a lot of stories like people that just doing a lot of shit with their life like he would he went on and he did this he did went on to that and it's like man like it's really awesome to hear all these stories. So you're you're in a dead end job. So, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was gonna be a lot of puns. Yeah, no, the, that, that's what that's all my basic all my humor is with the death <laughs> shit. It's all just death puns. But um, I, I like that dude. But um, and then I want to hear other stories of motherfuckers like oh he was born here in Riverside. And, like, he died in Riverside. And it's like, oh, well, like, and I would get information so I could, like, write these nice obituaries. Like, oh, well, what, what type of stuff were they into? What were they like? like? You just kind of just watch TV. And it's <laughs> like, fuck, man. Those oh. stores were, like, real bummers. So I was like, do I got to make my own shit besides just the mortuary stuff? Go out and just do something I always wanted to try. And, like, I was going through some dark times. And I was seeing a therapist and shit. And, like, I just, it came out during my therapy session. I was like, I kind of just like, I always want to try it. And he's like, well, why don't you? And that's like, and. Yeah, I, I think that, so. I've told people that ever since I was eight, like my friends wanted to be firemen and and police officers and that sort of thing, and I wanted to be a stand-up comic. That's what I wanted to do because right. I was my dad would would have me listen to, you know, yeah, Bill Cosby, but um, like Bob Newhart and nice and uh, Robin Williams. I used to love um, uh, what was oh, crap uh, like John Panette. Um, some of these, some of these comics that were just uh, the older guys, Dean Martin, yeah. the old guys, but then also this newer, uh, these newer guys that were coming on with the HBO specials. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, so then uh, I got the idea that I wanted to actually be a police officer. You know, and so I, I dropped that idea of being a comic. Yeah, I think everybody kind of eventually kind of thinks, ah, you can't just... Well, I guess for I me, know. it's like, I never thought I'd be funny enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that I'm not that funny. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm ha-ha funny with, like, my friends. Exactly. But I'm not, I can't be on stage funny. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then um, you realize that you have the opportunity to live your dream, like, legitimately live your dream um, by going to an open mic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I know guys that wanted to play professional baseball, and now they're playing softball. Well, guess what? You're, you're not you're not doing it. Like, you're playing softball. But, yeah. like, when you're doing stand-up, <laughs> you're legitimately doing stand-up, no matter what. We're all yeah. we're all yeah. standing oh, yeah. there in front of a mic, in front of, a, even if it's 11 people or four people, like, fuck, you're doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. Mm. And so, I think that that's really cool. You know what I mean? So, you actually write... The you you write people's obituaries. Yeah, part of your job now. Yeah, I, so much I don't do it so much anymore. But yeah, very much so. I used to get information and stuff, and I'd write like I would just I would just ask you know like oh what kind of stuff do you do? It's like oh he likes to fish, he likes to do that, and I'd be like okay perfect, and I get like this different you know just different stuff, and I and I would make these nice written obituaries like he enjoyed casting a line out on the calm waters and <laughs> just like I would just like and people would like message me back when I write this stuff, and they would be like wow like. Yeah. What the hell are you doing just working at a mortuary? <laughs> yeah. But some people were just like, all right, man, calm down. Like, it just, it's a little too much. But yeah. I enjoyed, like, writing. So I would, like, yeah, I would, I would write obituaries for people. And, yeah, I, I, still, I still do when they ask me to. So, so, so okay, so I want to go back to uh, your first job. So what was it like picking up the, the first body? The first time I'd ever done it was, it was really, like, surreal because... Like, I remember getting the interview, and, like, I was thinking I was a small guy. I was like, I don't know how big these bodies are. And they're all, don't worry, you'll get it. You'll be fine. Right. And uh, my first call was with this chick who I used to work with a lot. She's a small chick. Her name was Jamie. Like, I love her to uh-huh. death, man. She was cool. Uh, but we get, it was, like, middle of the day, and we just showed it to just, like, a normal house in a normal neighborhood. And the lady was, like, on hospice. She was just this older lady, just, like, mm-hmm. on a little hospital mm-hmm. bed, like, in the living room. And, like, it was just so, like, normal. It was just yeah. so, like, just, like, it was just another day, man. And uh, it was just really surreal to see that because you're expecting, you know, like crime scene or craziness or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was just it was just a normal day, dude. And like we just pick up this little old lady and we drop her off at the mortuary. And I was like, wow, like that was just so. So your comfort with death was was pretty. Um, I guess it, it, it wasn't abnormal for you walking into that room. You didn't have any type of of reservation at that point. No, I, I went in completely just like. 
like I, like expecting the worst, but I mean expecting crazy. And I, I, I wanted to see some emotions and stuff like that, crazy stuff. Yeah. But but no, when I walked in there, it was just very. It was like I, I was I was open minded to the whole thing, and just to see it was it was giving them that moment because we were very gentle with her and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and like to show that respect to them and like to see how much it meant for them. You know, it was like wow, that's what was like it was really eye opening for me. It's like this is such a rewarding, like an emotionally rewarding job, man, because they're yeah. we're treating their family with love and stuff, and they're just like oh my god, thank you, and like it's just it's just it's cool. And then was there was there sadness in it for you? Yeah, I think in almost in every in every case, I think there's always a moment where like I, something like just tinges, you know, just something familiar, yeah. and I always had to like I had to choke him back kind of just a little bit. It's like and then I got to disconnect kind of emotionally. It's like all right, I don't, I don't know these people, yeah. but I mean, just I feel like that that's very important to have that because some people grow very callous in the line of work, and they're just like kind of like they're just whatever the whole deal, and they're talking shit the whole time like behind closed doors, and it's like. Yeah, you can make poke fun a little bit. That's a part of the line of work. We're doing dark stuff, so you got to put... Yeah, my my girlfriend used to work in the ER, mm-hmm. and so she has that... It's it's almost that... Um, I, I think that when, when you have either the repercussions of death or if you are actively trying to fight it, you know, like in an ER situation... Mm-hmm. I think that um, that there is a, a a bit of humor that comes in, yeah. Because um, because to to face it without it, I, th- I think I think humor is your shield. Exactly. Because if you cause if you if you go in without it, you it can it can really hurt. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she for her like the the toughest thing is for is for you know kids and and I'm, I don't want to like ask you about that kind of stuff if you don't want to but no that's fine um, but it's uh, I would think that that would be um, I would think maybe like for me a drowning like a like a drowned child would be so much harder oh yeah than like you know a than maybe a, a like a bad murder scene, you know what I mean? Of 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 an adult that maybe like shit went weird, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, because you go okay, well you know this, you know you can start you can start add like start putting tokens in like okay what like to level the scale exactly, you know what I mean? Like oh well this is a crack house, so it's okay, you know what it's, I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do get a, and it, those were those are really hard to deal with uh, when we get kids. Uh, especially considering the circumstances, sometimes the parents are just negligent and terrible parents, and it's just like, man, like what the hell could they have done to prevent this? Yeah, I can't believe how many people like literally fall asleep with their kids and then just suffocate them, yeah. like roll over. Yeah, them. yeah, that that one I think I've had before. Uh, one that's really emotional that sucks for the parents particularly is SIDS, mm-hmm. sudden infant death syndrome, like that one because like. Normally, when we get a you know case like that, it's undetermined, and they go to the the coroner's office and they perform the autopsy and stuff like that, and it takes like months for those results to come back. Mm. And a lot of times, they come back inconclusive. And what we've seen is a lot of times the family, the the parents, before the results even come back, they're split up because yeah. they just start blaming. Can't. Yeah, they can't deal with it. Like they're blaming each other. Like, what did you do to do? You know, like, and they start just, it just, they turn against each other. So it's like, those ones there particularly are really devastating because there's no reason for like, they, like it's, it's to me, that's weird too. The, that that's a, that's a term, sudden infant death syndrome. It's like, yeah. well, what did he die from me? Like suddency. Just, yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was just, it's kind of like that that Broken Arrow movie. You ever see that? With, yeah, with, uh, yeah. I think it was uh, John Travolta. John Travolta and, and uh, Chris Christian Slater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, we got a Broken Arrow. He's like, what's that? It's like, yeah, right. It's like, when wait, we lose a nuclear weapon, he's like, hold on. I don't know if I'm more concerned that we lost a nuclear weapon or we have a word. Yeah, right. <laughs> <that everyone knows. laughs> exactly. And, and like those ones are always really like devastating, man. The yeah, that, that's just... it's it's amazing how like all the different how all the different lives and the and and things that see like here I met you at a comedy yeah at a stand up comedy place you know yeah. what I mean and it's yeah. like it's it's crazy how interwoven we all are and I think that maybe that's one of the things that that people and this might be a little too uh, maybe I'm over psychoanalyzing it but. I think that's that's part of the problem people have with death is the is because then you have to break that 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 uh, connection. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and you you lose some of that because you're so connected with everybody, and then it's like you feel that loss and that aloneness. You know what I mean? But yeah, absolutely. That and it just it's it's now suddenly changed your entire like. Now you have to like stop what you were doing, you know, whatever it was, and now you have to like now make plans and like or just like yeah like you're saying breaking those connections or having to make connections that you thought were like you know you you wanted to be disconnected from certain people and now suddenly with a sudden death like you're now having to make connections again with the, like that one is always interesting to see families coming in like already like broken as a family unit and now they're having to come in and deal with them each other again and yeah. you just see like the emotions man i had to deal with one time this uh these three sisters they came in and like you could just sense tension in the air the whole time mm. and at the the very end of it, when we're doing the paperwork, and I'm like, okay, now it's time. Like, who's going to take care of uh, the financial portion of this? And they all look at the one sister who was kind of causing a lot of tension. And then she just said something like, well, well don't you guys have your half of the money? And then next thing you know, it was like that was just a, a bomb dropping. And then just suddenly, uh, like, well, you're the one who took all of his money. And then, dude, like, they ended up kind of like, at that point, like, right as that happened, though, she's handing me her card. So I just grabbed her card and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I walked away in the next room and I could just hear, like, just like they're going at it. And I'm like thinking, okay, let's give them a minute, kind of work this out, and it'll calm down. Right. But then it just got amped up more and more. And next thing you know, I could hear one of them get up and like the chair scoot back, like, and they're about to start fighting. So at that point, I had to walk back in and I was like, ladies, ladies, please. Like, <laughs> and, and once they saw me and they just like all kind of just snapped back to it, it was like, oh shit. And then, yeah. like, yeah. So it's like, it's crazy to see those parts of the. Of, well, yeah. And I guess that people forget, you know, that you have, um, because you have, you have the life that, that you give, you show to the world and, and, and the life behind closed doors. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. I think, I think I try to live a pretty... I, I try to have a pretty transparent door. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I I just... I feel better about it. Um, I try and, and like, let people in to see, like, hey, this is this is it. And I, I was a youth minister for... Uh, gosh, what was it? Like, two years paid for the, for wow. the, for, um, the San Bernardino uh, uh, bishop. But I would tell people, like, listen, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I I don't know why I would be considered to be uh, chosen to lead teens. Because yeah. I don't think I'm that great of a guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've sinned a lot. Like, that's just not, that's just how I am. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But it was in that not being perfect that I was real and relatable. And exactly. you know what I mean? And I... And I think that that's people try and and be something that they're not. Yeah. And then you have that drop off, it, and then and then you have that. Oh shit! You weren't you weren't the Huxtable guy that we fell in love with. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say that you're raping people. You know what I mean. But but you 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 played us. Yeah, no, and, and I know exactly like yeah, what you're saying. It's just it's, it, how you're saying it's better to be transparent and just trying to be just, I don't know, yeah, the behind closed doors things. Yeah, it, it's creepy. We see, and I've, I've, I get a glimpse at a lot of that, and it's, well, yeah, it's interesting because, to see. Like, because you get to see it when someone can't defend it or can't close that door anymore because they've died. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you probably see the the darkest side of or the, all the secrets that people have tried to hold yeah there was there's there was one another one too this one was uh like the, a, a daughter that had passed away and like the next of her husband was actually like her grandfather or something like that like or like oh, the, wow. yeah the, the baby's dad was like her grandpa and so it was like it was weird and that was a hispanic family so i was like wow i was surprised Ooh. by that and like yeah so you just see like they were trying to keep that hidden but then as we're doing the paperwork like it, that came out and so it's like dude and they and you can see like how like how like just eye-opening it is for them to have to say those words out loud like they yeah. they built up like a little shield around it but for them to have to let somebody else in and hear that it's just like it, it really like wakens them to what the hell they you know what, what they've, they've been, been doing living. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's uh, another one we just had. Uh, this one was the first time because recently California passed a law about two years ago, where now you can now declare what you consider your gender to be, uh, okay. even on the death certificate. So, oh, okay. what you're born as necessarily does not mean what you're going to die as now. So we had just recently I had a family come in <clears throat> and they explained that he was a transgender person mm -hmm. and. Uh, person like a female transition to a male so like it was so weird for me like kind of get the information and i was like okay so what's what's the person's name and they told me okay this name and i'm like oh 
but I understand like, oh yeah, but he also went by this name. And I was like, well, it's for me to have to like stop at one point. I was like, okay, at this point I'm going to start just referring, cause I was so confused as to how to refer to him as yeah. he or she. Right. So at one point I had to stop. I was like, okay, I'm not going to at this point refer to him as he, and I'm going to refer to him as this person now. And it was kind of like, so, but that one, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see all the different. So do you, I, I think in, in that situation, I've never been in it. Like I think, do you think it would help to say like, well, what, what are you comfortable with yeah. me referring to your family member as? That's what I had done with the father. And he was like, he's like, well, she'll, she'll always be my little girl, you know? Yeah. But, you know, she always wanted to be, God, you know, it's hard. So like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it was, I was like, well, you know, I was like, technically I was like, you're the next of kin. You and, and his mother are the next of kin. So you can, you know, technically you're the ones who had that choice. And they were just like, well, I'm going to be respectful of what his choice was, and I'm going to let you, you know, I'm going to have him down as a boy, but she'll be really, a girl. That's, so. But that, that's, that's got to be, that's got to be tough as a parent when you're losing your, your yeah. child. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're, it's, it's very, um, admirable, you know, that you would love your, your child and mm-hmm. support them in, in something that you and your, uh, I guess upbringing wouldn't would normally have have rejected and hated. You yeah, know? you can. And I got that sense from him, and he even told me too. Like when she first told me she wanted to do this, like uh, he's like I'm. She's like he said I'm just gonna show up one of these days and I'm gonna be a manager house. She's like oh dude, I'm gonna punch you right in the face, you know. So yeah. it's like, but <laughs> yeah. once like once once a person passes away, it's like that's now it's like well well shit. There's nothing you can do except accept it, you know. Like yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I guess in that in that aspect, I would. I think I'm very, it, it makes you feel, it doesn't matter what I feel because it has nothing to do, but it, but it, yeah. just in the conversation, like it, it does make me feel good in the sense that, that this person was able to, to at least go out on their terms. I guess it's kind of like the old, the old movies where it's mm-hmm. like, put a sword in my hand you know what i mean and that, yeah. that's the way i want to go out dying like yeah. you know what i mean the old warrior and so it's i think it's a beautiful testament to that family yeah no absolutely you know? so it it so i see a lot of like yeah the the, the dark side and a lot of like the, yeah, the the loving side like that stuff so it's just that's why i love what i do man it's just uh it can get really it it, it puts life in a perspective i mean because before i mean i don't know I, I don't know how i really used to think before but now it's i just Everyone gets like down. Everyone gets depressed and all that. Mm-hmm. But I've learned like just, just that's why I like to close with a little bit that I do. It's like you know, just don't sweat the small shit and you know, live every moment. You know, enjoy the good moments, enjoy the bad moments. Because I've come to learn like it's those bad moments. Like when you're just super fucking depressed, like it sucks. But the same point, like moment, you only get like so many of those fucking moments. So better like enjoy it while you're there. Yeah. And at the same point, like it's that those mom- those low moments that just make the high moments all the better. Like by contrast, you know, it's like I'm having a fucking great day today. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling great because I was just feeling shitty like two days ago. You know, so it's like, and and, and just yeah, I just I just learned to just fucking love everything, man. Learn learn to accept and just love everything because why spend the effort on being you know just a dick or just being just a, a yeah. miserable piece of shit all the time? You know, so. so so you and that's that's really interesting that you're. That your job that you kind of stumbled into, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, um, has given you this amazing uh, perspective. Yeah, it's... you know. Now, do you do you? Um, so, uh, as a youth minister, I used to tell people that um, you know the reason why you and your child are having issues is because you're looking at a piece of pizza. And the problem any is... any pizza analogy you got me. I love it already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're looking at a piece of pizza. And the thing is, is that, and so uh, for people that are home that don't see, um, I have the point facing one and the mm-hmm. and the crust facing me, and so I say, you know, you're the parent, and so you see this pizza pizza as going from, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in this analogy, you're the the, the teen, mm-hmm. and so you see endless possibilities. Right, like you're from your point, you can go out in any direction, and it looks endless. Mm-hmm. But when you're a parent, you're looking at it from the crust side, and you're thinking everything is coming to an end. 
You know what I mean? Everything is coming down to this yeah. point. And so um, I used to tell the 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 parents that were having trouble with their teenagers, like, go have pizza tonight. <laughs> and what you need to do is you need to sit down and tell them, like, listen, this slice of pizza is your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it this way. You're looking at it this way. But we're looking at the same life. And we both want to enjoy it. You know what I mean? And we want oh, yeah. you to enjoy it. And so um, I wonder if... You're not you're not an old guy, but does do you think that your job do you do you have that end like are, do you constantly have that like oh well like we're barreling down hard and fast anyway like I mean I, <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't how, yeah. does, how do you think that that impacts your um your idea of anything is possible like you know what I mean yeah well. I do definitely like I, I've come to terms with the fact that yeah we're all gonna die like the life that I'm living, who knows man I can yeah I can go like I'm not living crazy but I mean you don't ever know especially living where I in San Bernardino I deal with that a lot, dude yeah. it shit's crazy out there man we deal with a lot of craziness and it's like at any moment you can go so like I honestly I am trying to fucking live my shit to the fullest now because because yeah. do you only get like yeah I mean just that's why I'm doing so much I'm I'm staying busy with the comedy now. I do stay busy with work and also with my relationship and stuff. And I'm, it, it's definitely put it into perspective where it's like, dude, you got to go out and do as, and claim as much as you can and do as much as you can, man, because yeah. like you don't ever know what the fuck's going to happen, especially now with the way things are, dude. Everything's going, everything's kind of going a little crazy. In particular, like I said, where I work, we see a lot of just crazy shit in that area. It's like, like, wait, he got killed? Like, how? Like, what the fuck did he do wrong? Like, he was just... Were you working when the uh, San Bernardino shooter? Um, were you in were, were you in your... I was I was doing... I was working, but at that point, I think I was working just transportation. I was cause oh, in between, yeah. like, mortuary jobs, just working the, the transportation job, the, the dead Uber job. Yeah, yeah the Uber for the dead. <laughs> the Uber for the dead job. Uh, <laughs> but the place I'm at now ended up dealing with a lot of those, and... That one was uh, the Inland Regional Center where that happened. The place I work for a small family chain. I don't really want to say the name, but yeah. um, they deal with they they the Inland Regional Center. They have a, I'm not sure exactly what the hell the whole thing is, but I guess the portion that we deal with they deal with indigent families or people who have no other family members, nothing left. Mm. So like there's no one, no next of kin. So like they deal with them. A lot of times they're you know, like mentally handicapped or some type of physically handicapped or something. So we get a lot of those cases. So when that happened, like it really hit close to home. Cause it's like, Oh shit. Like we deal with these people all the time. And like yeah. now they're all like a bunch like they're all, they're all been placed been shot to hell, man. So yeah, that one was, uh, that one was really crazy. Um, but my dude, mom, my mom, uh, works in that building. Oh shit. And, uh, so I, I had heard that the shots were fired in San Bernardino. And so, I'm calling and I can't get a hold of her. That's terrifying, dude. I'm, dude. I'm calling her work. I'm calling her cell, and we can't get a hold of her at all. Uh, my uncle was calling me. Um, I called my 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 dad and I was like, "Pop, have you heard from mom?" And he's like, "No, or what's going on?" I was like, "The news is bad." Like, and so he was working at the time, and so um, we finally got a hold of her like an hour and a half later. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, we were we were at a." at a at a lunch over at a you know over like mimi's cafe nice well, um yeah, and man. we had our phones off and we looked at our phones everybody had like 30 missed phone calls yeah you know and so um don't ever turn your phones off people like yeah. never well, what's great is that i like at least my it wasn't like everybody else had 20 missed phone calls my mom just had like nope and no one cares so. yeah. <laughs> right yeah that'd be awkward not not one call and not even a, not even a no text one, no one even uh, not even a bill collector like no. that's that's when you check to see if your phone's on yep still working yeah no still yeah still i'm still can make calls <laughs> oh well fuck them like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah man those and dude san bernardino we get like not not just that one but every day it seems like there's some sort of random ass killing or death dude we get a lot of hit and runs out there motherfuckers just like to walk in the middle of the road dude out there i've noticed like they don't use crosswalks they don't look both ways <laughs> they just start walking dude and like do we get a lot of those really yeah it's it's always uh it's always an interesting time <laughs> interesting like that's i joke make a joke about it in my in my my material but it's like dude as a mortician you got to go where the money is <laughs> and the, yeah. money, the money's in san bernardino man that's so funny <laughs> my um 
What's see, and I guess I the um, I'm I'm intrigued by by the the jobs that aren't like the normal jobs, like an yeah. analyst or or supervisor or salesman or yeah. I mean, my my uh, uncle was the um, he was the head of Satanic Homicide for LAPD. Satanic Homicide. Yeah, there's a whole division for that. Yeah, Holy crap! They got broken arrows that have to deal with Satan. Bro. Like, <laughs> and so, um, he holy was like, crap! He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, someone would show up without a head, they'd call me, and then I'd have to go out there, and then within so many days, uh, we would find the head. Within, um, you know, I think it was like a one mile or mile, one point two five mile radius, and there'd be shit carved in their chest and stuff like it was. Yeah. Jesus, it's a legitimate dude. thing, like, and so he um he actually told me he's like uh if you ever if you ever want to know the the best movie that's that I'd ever seen this was back then he said the best movie I ever seen that really depicted it was uh the Serpent in the Rainbow, Serpent in the Rainbow I'm about to look that up then that sounds awesome yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a really good it talks about uh, it was based on a true story about this guy that went down to I want to say like Louisiana or something like that and. And it talks about like voodoo and like black magic and all that kind of stuff. It's actually a really great movie. It's, yeah. it's 80s, um, but it's, 80s always good movies, man. 80s. Yeah, but he, um, I guess my mom, my mom had known somebody uh, that um, was kind of into witchcraft and stuff, and mm-hmm. and it was a business person, but they ended up breaking. She ended up breaking something, and so when she broke it, she went to go replace it and when she went to go replace it it had some type of mystic spiritualist thing to it and so my my mom went over to talk to somebody to replace it because they only found it in one place mm-hmm. and i guess it was like this really really big woman that had a really really little guy that used to work next to him out in la yeah and so my mom got pissed off at this lady and was like like listen like you made me drive all the way out here i just want to buy the darn thing like let me buy it and it was like kind of getting mad and my uncle was like, oh, shit, like, that's a legit witch. Like, you don't want to fuck with that lady like, yeah. after the fact. She's yeah. like, I don't care. My mom's like... <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, Damn, that's yeah. ballsy. That's awesome. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, my mom was like, I'm from L.A. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to get crazy, age? She takes off her hoop earrings and goes... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> shit. You wanna, I'll carve some shit in your chest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah my, mom used to, my mom used to be a badass, man. That's she used to walk crazy. around with... They, uh, around LA with the uh, straight razor, Fuck just me. in case anyone ever did anything, <laughs> she'd flip that thing out and be like, "Listen, I don't think you want to mess with me today." Yeah, she walks the yard alone. Man. Yeah, <laughs> both, my, both of my my uh, my mom and my uncle. My uncle told the story. Um, he was a uh, like I said, he was, after he had retired from the police force, he was uh, uh, was working with. Um, uh, investigations for the uh, L.A. Uh, district attorney, and so he says, you know, he he was going over and he had to go, I guess, interview somebody. So he goes to go interview him, and there's a uh, a young prosecutor. He's now a judge, but the young prosecutor's there, and so they walk out, and some guy says, "Hey, you know, uh, why don't you give me a dollar?" And and then he gets out, and the and so the the young prosecutor is kind of like flustered, and my uncle says, "Listen." Get out of here. We don't have a dollar. And so they go in. They do the interview. They come back like an hour and a half later. Mm-hmm. These guys are still there. And so he says, uh, hey, man, why don't you give me a dollar? And he says, uh, and so the, the prosecutor like starts to starts to reach for his pocket. And my uncle says, put your, put your money away. Get your hands out of your pockets. And so the guy goes and puts his hand in his pocket. And like pretends like he's got like he's like he's reaching for something. Yeah. And he says, "Hey, you know, I asked you nicely. Now I want you to give me out your whole wallet." And so my uncle, he's a fucking badass. He pulls out uh, uh, his concealed weapon, and he says, "Listen, unless you're holding on to your prick, you got a real problem." Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, dude. Hey man, no, 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 no it's fine. I was just playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah, dude. Sometimes you gotta fucking just... Yeah, they're pretty cool people. Pull yeah. yours out, make sure, you know, just, I got one bigger than yours, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um... 
So you, I mean, we talked a little bit about the dark stuff. And so when I when I first listened to you, I've only heard you do stand up once. Yeah, and I and I loved. It. I thought you were really really great. Thanks. Um, but it was a lot of the lighter stuff, and we kind of talked about that um, before we started. So when I was telling people I was having you on, uh-huh. um, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's got a lot of dark material." And I was <laughs> like, hey, "That's funny." Like maybe I started evaluating me. Like maybe I'm a maybe I, yeah maybe I got a dark sense of humor, but I didn't think so. Yeah. But you were saying that you were doing a lot lighter stuff now. Yeah, doing lighter stuff. Uh, just because I mean I've seen some crowds don't like the darker stuff, but yet again I know what crowds tend to like. I, I'll, I'll test the waters a little bit and I mm-hmm. see if they're going with it. and I'll pull out the full darker stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, certain crowds I know don't like it. So like I do like dead children material and like <laughs> dead oh, baby yeah. stuff. So like Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's one of the, you know like and I do it in a way like where it gets. It gets laughs, but my favorite when it gets the hesitated laughs, like I don't want to fucking laugh, but damn it, that was good, you know? Yeah, like those are my favorite. Those are like what I go for. But sometimes people like I've had coworkers who've gone out to support and they seen the show and they're just like, oh, everyone was really, everything was really good except for that dead baby joke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? No, that's my favorite. I'm not dropping like, that. That's my closer. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so like I have a lot of the darker stuff, but uh, yeah, now I'm just trying to because. Um, what I'm learning is for for my image and stuff like the mortuary stuff. I mean, to put my you know to promote it is that it works well because it's very like people don't you know it's not something you see every day. So it kind of you know it it, it it gets me ahead you know from that respect. But I don't want to do only that material because yeah. if I mean I've done like ten minutes worth of that material and you'll lose the crowd halfway through no matter how good the jokes are. Just kind of just kind of like it gets, it gets it's repetitive. Well, I think that I love dude, I love live comedy and I think that live comedy. Um, I think what it's done the best, and, I, and like I said, I've I'm, I've said over and over again that you know I listen to certain comics and certain podcasts, and so mm-hmm. um, I forget who said it, but they said that for the first however long you're trying to figure out what your voice is, so you go up and you do everybody else that you know. Yeah, he says, but finding your voice is being you when you're not on stage. Yeah. That's what finding your voice is. And so, like that, I've only been doing this for two years, I think. Okay. And so, like, I can, like last night when I went up, like, I just felt like it was just me, just, just, it felt like I was just hanging out with people. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was nervous and sweating and like, you know, having to be perform I didn't even know I was going to go up like I literally was <laughs> sitting there and and Andy was like hey um are you uh do you want to get on do you want to go up right now and I was like um I guess like nice. so he threw me up there and he, like everyone's like dude you killed it like that was yeah really funny stuff and I was like well I wrote some of that shit right there on stage like I didn't I was I had some premises and mm-hmm. but I was just in the moment and it just felt really good you know yeah. what I mean and so um how much of your stuff do you do you write on stage? Do you or how do you write? For the most part, I I, I normally I, I used to try to sit down and actually commit time to writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of stuff that I did with that, but then now I, I've been finding like just when the moment strikes and when, it, when just the idea comes to me. A lot of times, I'm just it's all in my head. I'll just you know come up with an idea and I'll see if I can make a premise out of it and see if I can come up with a punchline. Like if it all kind of works out in my head within a few minutes, I'll sit there and write it down mm-hmm. and then I'll just play with it on stage and just try to, you know, rearrange the words and try to just try to, you know, the different punchlines or just deliver it a little bit differently. And that's that's pretty much my, my the way I do it, man. I, I'll write an idea down. Some of it's on stage. Like I'll come up with just a certain, mm-hmm. I forget, there's one that I used to do a lot. I haven't done it so much anymore. Where like I ended up coming up with just like a second punchline when I was on stage and it fucking like killed for better than the first one. Yeah. So it's like, dude, some of it, yeah, a lot of it is very much like in the moment there. You just you just suddenly something will come to you, you know. And, 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 I yeah. think the transition from me actively wanting to be a comic and me just thinking like, oh, that'd kind of be cool, like actively doing it. Yeah. Is that whatever would make me like giggle? Yeah. I wrote that down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so if it was, if I was, um, like I, I kind of uh, talked about it like last night, where, you know, there's, um, there was a lady with a black eye, and I didn't, I, I literally, she was, she was probably five, five, and maybe, 
maybe 113 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> so I didn't know like if she was a victim, right? Or, or maybe an MMA fighter. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I literally don't know. You yeah. Know what I mean, and that's kind of that. That was really the premise, and it worked out really well. But um, it's not. <laughs> it's not about telling like bits, but yeah. But that's kind of like I. Like, are you, I, I just wonder, like, are you going to, like, crime scenes or, like, picking up bodies and you're, like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, like, you just... Dude, I have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> certain instances where I'm like, dude, this is too good not to write down. Like, <laughs> what's, what's the funniest, what's the funniest, we, we've, we've kind of been the, the sad and, 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 uh, and I guess somber notes, but what's, um, what are some of the, the more entertaining things that you can say? Well, one, one time, literally just, just the other day I had this happen. It was funny. I was making arrangements with the family. We're going through all the paperwork. It's like a lot of paperwork you got to do when you're going to cremate somebody. Mm. So like they and I always people say it's like oh it's like the DMV you know but yeah one one of the son had said like man this is as bad as the DMV the, like the husband of the of you know of the deceased stops and he looks at him he's like nothing is as bad as the DMV it, like, <laughs> and he continues to sign the paperwork for his dead wife. I was like holy shit dude. <laughs> So like, I stopped what I was doing and I just jotted that down in the file just real quick. Nothing is as bad as the DMV. And like, that's so funny. and I wrote like I, I might have to work I might have to work that out somehow, dude. Because like, holy <laughs> shit, that was fucking hilarious, dude. Um, but there's like yeah, a lot of different stuff. There's just random shit that just happens. It's just I was making a at the time I was making arrangements with family. Sometimes just the making of the arrangements, the little stories that come out. I'm getting. We have to get physical description of the person. Just you know, we ask for physical mm-hmm. description. And I was like, oh, does he have any like you know tattoos? Like, oh no, no tattoos, none of this, none of that. She's like, oh, but he doesn't have a penis. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> she said it so nonchalantly. And I was like, okay. So I just jotted it down. Like, that was a normal statement to hear. Like, okay, how, no penis. How <laughs> long ago was that? That was probably about like six months ago or something like that. You know what's so funny is that um, I, I, I've heard of someone not having a penis. Yeah. And it was like a big guy. And, it was, <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, oh. And so um, I was talking to my girlfriend, and she says, "She says guys are always upset about like they're like if you get a paper cut on your on your prick, like all of a sudden, like you need to stop everything." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, yeah, because you're afraid it's gonna fall off." <laughs> I said, and I didn't have any any confirmed ideas that that was actually a possibility until you come home and tell me that she's met a guy didn't have a penis (laughs) it happens man now it's real (laughs) yeah dude now that fear is just out there now like i didn't know i don't want to know that yeah it's solidified (laughs) (laughs) another thing i've been working like on like i was just saying in a statement like this is something that's actually it's not even a joke but we've all kind of said it in the in the past in the mortuary industry like i've been doing it for 10 years like i know a lot of people have been doing it probably even longer than i have None of us have ever picked up a midget. Like, really? Yeah, nobody's ever gotten a midget, dude. So we're like, oh my what gosh. the fuck happened? Like, do they do they die? Like, <laughs> oh, and we no. we started theorizing. It's like that scene from like uh, Return of the Jedi when you know Yoda dies. <laughs> oh. He just kind of just like disappears, he just vanishes, <laughs> and disappears. <laughs> it's like we started like thinking like one day you just like if you know a midget, you're gonna go in there and walk in his bedroom. You just see like a little tiny pair of clothing on the floor. And it's like oh my god, it, like it happened. It happened. <laughs> That's so but, funny. Yeah, man. It, midgets, midgets don't die, man. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, they, they, just, they just get smaller and smaller until you don't see them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we Benjamin Button it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's hilarious. I um. So that you we were talking a little bit before we came on about like the about how the industry has changed with death. Mm. And you were you were saying that that there's a a new movement. Talk about that. Yeah, there's like a, a whole like death positive movement that people are doing. Uh there's there's a couple of like pioneers to it. One dude his name is Caleb Wild. He's a mortician. He's been doing like this, he's, he's uh, got a Facebook page and like a, different pages called the Confessions of a Funeral Director. Mm-hmm. And like he talks about all the stories and stuff and all the different like life experiences that he's been, you know, like kind of like stuff he's seen through families and like lessons that he's like he's really eloquent with it, man. He just has all these beautiful like, you know, words and just like just he he does a really good job with it. Uh, another chick is Caitlin Dowdy. She's another chick. Uh, I think she's she's got like a few books out. Like one's called like Smoke in the Eyes. She talks about being like a crematory operator and just doing different stuff. I think I just saw a thing on her on sixty Minutes. Yeah, she's she's getting she's she's blowing up. She's 
suit, like a hotter little pale chick with like little bangs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, one of the things that, if I recall from the story, uh, was that they have like these huge conventions. Yeah. That they go to. Yeah, there's there's big conventions, funeral directors. Like there's the California Funeral Directors Association. Mm-hmm. There's the National Funeral Directors Association. And there's these big conventions that they have. And like they just promote like all the latest and greatest stuff that's coming out. Uh, there's one called um, I forget what the hell it's it's um it's it's a new form of almost cremation where they basically like it's like water hydrolysis or something like that where like they use like water to somehow like to fucking evaporate the body. If I don't know how the fuck it works, but it's a new thing that's coming around. It's supposed to be like the greener technology. Hmm. There's stuff they're doing now where they bury whole bodies without being embalmed, like in the ground, like and they mix it in with like some sort of like big tree seed and they fucking grow these gigantic trees. Yeah, and, I've actually heard of that before. Like I yeah. like I would love to be, you know, made into a tree when I was done. You know what I yeah, mean? And, yeah. and the thing is that what I'm really afraid of is and I think we kinda of joked around about it was um the whole crematory uh meltdowns that that I heard <laughs> because it's it's a legitimate thing. Like you have these people that are on like the six hundred pound life and yeah. then, you know and do, do you have to pick like when you have a okay, you would notice <laughs> I love I love where this is going. <laughs> so so if if I was if I was let's say um seven hundred pounds uh-huh and I was gonna get buried. Uh-huh like, do I need two spots? And I'm not trying to be a dick. No, yeah, you do. You do. You have to pay for two spots. You have to pay for two spots. See, gotta... everyone thought that the fucking airlines were being dicks. You know I mean? <laughs> no, man. That's what I love people who's like, who say is like, you know, accumulate all the things you have in life, blah, blah. Ultimately, we all get the same size hole. It's like, not unless really. you're over 700 pounds. <laughs> if you're over 700 pounds, you get a bigger spot. <laughs> But uh, dude, yeah, and then you gotta pay for like the double size vaults. You gotta pay for the double size caskets. I mean, if you're over like that size, you want to be buried. You're looking at easily over like over twenty five thousand dollars. You're about to drop. So people are doing more cremation. I mean, because ultimately, I mean, we still got to charge extra for cremation, but it's still easier to burn that much than it is to bury it. Like, um, we've had like yeah, close to six hundred pounders. I picked up people that close to that size, and those are like I love. I love doing those, dude. Like, I love those fucked up, crazy cases where it's like you walk in and it's like the person's like decomposing and he's like over 300 pounds. And it's just like, dude, like, it sucks, like, when you're in the moment there. But at the same point, like, once you're like got it all situated and it's in the van, you're driving back, it's like, woo, just like, you get this (laughs) rush, man. It's it's the best way to describe it. Like, I've had one time I had to do was like close, like, probably close to a thousand pounds, man. The dude was a huge mother. Well, Well, actually, no, probably, I know he was for sure 700 pounds. They were on the floor. Now, when the person's on the floor, it's a whole like that's that's a whole other ordeal because you got to get something underneath them to get them the fuck up off the floor. Right. So we had like a team of guys. I think it was let me see one two three. I think it was like about six of us, and like I was the senior guy there. Everyone else was kind of new to it, and I was like, I got this. I got an idea. So I, I came up with this idea how to like get the sheet underneath the body and stuff like that. How to heave ho and do all this stuff. Like at the, I always describe it as like uh, you ever played Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you got to move the big block across the room, yeah. it's like yeah. it's like yeah. you got to you got to use your brain, dude. Like yeah. you got to fucking sit there and really just discover, like you know, just use what's around you and use your brain. Dude, I'll tell you right now, I'd go to Harbor Freight, <laughs> I'd go get a fucking engine hoist, <laughs> dude, and I would just be like lifting. Okay, we got to wrap the ankles. We're gonna lift this guy up. Yeah, dude. The hips. You know what I mean? It's the hips part, Dad. Yeah, you got to want to get shit under that part, and so like. It took us a lot, but we got it, and it was like it was just like one of those moments where we all just like look at each other, it's like almost like raising a bar, and we were just all proud, like yeah, it was just like <laughs> we all like shook hands, just like <laughs> it was very, it was a sense of accomplishment, man. It feels great. You almost don't know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I've had that. I've had other ones where it's like the dude was like, yeah, decomposed, and like the, the like we were talking earlier here with, with, with your girlfriend about uh, you know the the uh, the. Um, Quality checks. I don't know what is it. The uh, the welfare oh, yeah, the checks. Welfare checks. Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of those cases where it's like the person. Because this is the thing now. As a society, people are becoming more shut in, and they're like not losing contact with family, and they're fucking like with that too. They're like, I wrote a whole long bit about it. How like back in the day, you know, someone would die, and it was like they were small, like they were either sickly or they were like healthy, and they fucking died small. They can, it was easy. Yeah. Nowadays, people are getting like fucking. They're starting to shut in. They're getting bigger in size, and they're fucking like, and and 
Yeah, they're going undiscovered. Stater brothers delivered, dude. You know, hoarders. We got a lot of hoarders now too, man. Yeah. So it's like I had one one time where the dude was like, I think over two months, the neighbors, you know, quality welfare chick because they they smelled something and they got they went in there and the dude was like face down, just like fucking maggots everywhere, just like it was it was bad, brutal. And so like I walk in the situation and we're just like, all right. We got to get them because you can't have them on their face. You got to have them on their back. You just like just for decency's sake and for just just uh, that's just a rule. Yeah. So we had to get them off of his face and roll them on his back. So like when we rolled them, man, the smell that hit was just like every, a few people had to throw up. So do you do the Vaseline thing? Hell no. <laughs> no, that's, I, a, that's a lie. No, I mean you can do it, but I don't. Like I like I fucking. It's not the best thing for me, I'm sure, but dude, like I just fucking do it, man, and. I've, I've just go raw dog. Yeah, you just fucking raw dog. That shit, dude. <laughs> so I've, fucking nasty. I've, I've dry heaved a few. I've never puked. Um, I've, I've dry heaved a few times. I had to step away from the situation, but mm. ultimately, dude, like, yeah, I just fucking just, I'll just go in there and I'll just do what I got to do, man, and fucking get it done, man. Dude, you're, the machine. you're just an animal, dude. <laughs> get it done. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It just, I said, it just, it, this that morbid part of me, like it. The way I see it is like there's like there's a lot of beauty in life, man. Like you know, fucking just beautiful things in life. Yeah. At the same point, there's just like it's at the opposite spectrum, you know. Like is just the decay and all that shit. And in its own way, that's like beautiful and natural in its own way. I mean, because that's the natural order. I mean, the way we're doing things now with picking up bodies and bombing them, making them, dressing them up and shit, like that's not normal. That's just weird to me. Like yeah. I do it because we have to do it. But at the same point, it's like, dude, the natural order was you're supposed to die. You're supposed to become, you know, you're supposed to decompose, compost. You're supposed to become compost, and things are supposed to spring anew from that, you know. And all this right. life is supposed to be coming from that, and we're robbing that. We're taking that away from like Mother Nature, and we're fucking embalming them full of like carcinogens and shit, and we're burying them in a box inside of another box inside of another. You know, it's like, yeah, maggots can't get to them anymore. And it's like I don't know. It just feels like we're cheating Mother Earth from that last part. You know, like we're we're living off of Earth, and at the moment when we're supposed to pay it back, we don't. It's just, it's That's just a really amazing way of putting it. And I, and I've, I think it was watching that, uh, that 60 minute video where I was like, you know what? I, I think I want to be just buried in a cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to go cardboard or if I'm going to yeah. go buried, you know what I mean? Like, the, like the wicker, like there's ones that are doing green, like just wicker baskets basically that are just weaved. Like they're affordable too. And they just, you know, the green burial places, man. I haven't done a green burial myself, but I mean they're they're coming up. Like people are trying to request them, and you know people are asking so about them. So how do you want to go? Like how's me? I think I think I'd want to be cremated myself. You do? Yeah, I just want to be just because. Like why take up the space? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you being compost for the th- you know for the maggots and everything like that. But I mean, for me, it just I'd rather be burned. I mean, dust to ashes, dust to dust. You know. Yeah, so just, I like. I think I would. I, I like hunting, and so. Like if if I ever got to a point where like I could buy property, like hunting property, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't mind being out there. Like just because then I have my own land. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would. I yeah. just want to be buried on my land. There's you know? uh there's all kinds of stuff too. Like there's uh they don't do it here, but they call it, there's Tibetan sky burials, where they basically they take your body, they take it up into the mountains, and they just leave it there. And then the uh, the, oh, the vultures the vultures get you, the vultures yeah. get you man. Those I've are like that's that. that's a that's an, another way of people done. And then also with cremation, there's things that they can do with the ashes. Like I've heard of people mixing mixing the the, the ashes with like mortar mixture and shit, and, like using it for like um, underwater like sea reefs off of the coast of Florida. Like the Neptune mm-hmm. Society has this whole like like uh, reef off the coast. It's really beautiful. They also mix it with like gunpowder, and they'll fucking make like fireworks and shit with it. Really? Yeah, there's ones that compress into a diamond. Like I've heard that one. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can do I've, with it. I've actually thought about um, telling people that I, I'm just going to stop trying to lose weight just so that I can get like, <laughs> maybe a quarter carrot. <laughs> right? <laughs> size, of his, size of her head. Yeah. Just like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, if, I lose, if I lose a little too much... <laughs> might be uh might be uh losing my uh my stock or my resale value right but yeah man it's uh it's i don't know the whole the whole aspect everything's really fascinating to me man all the newest and you know greatest technologies and stuff and some of the classic stuff too i mean just uh the old traditional services it's cool to see just all the different facets and 
the different lives too, man, because different cultures have different ways of doing things, you know? Like Mexican services, like, man, Mexicans know how to fucking put on a funeral, man. They fucking... Yeah. <laughs> they go all out with the mariachis and the... Yeah, with the, and, and a part, like, that whole celebration of life. Dude. So I went to... So I had... So there was a... My cousin, she, she married some guy, and this guy wasn't anyone that her mom liked, which was my aunt. And so... um uh, he ended up passing away in a very, um, very odd way, and we don't know if it was um, disorientation or mm. if it was a, a type of um, suicide. Uh, and mm. so uh, we we have the funeral at the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and then we go into um, we go into the uh, hall for the uh, reception. Yeah, and so. I I think I've maybe had one conversation with this guy, ever. Yeah. And so as we uh, as we walk into the hall, um, ACDC's "Highway to Hell" is playing. <laughs> wow. And I lean over to my dad, and I was like, I really think I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. It's interesting to see how people are like yeah, what everyone does, man. Yeah. I'll never forget one time a, a very a, a close friend of mine had, had passed away. He was he was murdered, and uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it, 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 he's a good guy, but he kind of he was he was he, was, he, he did a, he lived a lifestyle where it's like we weren't surprised to be honest. It, it was sad, but what, what sucked though he had he had left two sons behind, and we love those kids. And uh, during the services, you know, we wouldn't have a viewing or anything like that because of the conditions. But we had a memorial service, um, and during the service, I told the kids, I was like, hey, boys, you know, I I got down on one knee, I was like, boys, I want you guys to pick. The, the songs we're going to listen for your, to Father's service. Mm. So they were just like, okay. And they picked fucking two chains <laughs> for the fucking <laughs> services, dude. So at one point, like, you know, we have, I, 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 I use our old pastors, old white guy. He's like really respectful. I love you. He has like a great, like just old sermony voice. And he's just, and like, he's like, now we're going to listen to some music. And then also you hear, two chains, but I am smoking all that grass. You know, just like, mo bitches in the big, you know, just like, dude, I was like, holy crap. Everyone That's was just like. so funny. It was funny. Like, everyone that worked at like my, my coworkers and stuff, they were like, what the fuck? But everyone, like, you see everyone attending the services, you just see them, like, all start laughing. And they just suddenly get relaxed, and everyone's like, and, and it became his service. You know, right. it was like that's yeah. how we fucking knew him. It was this crazy bastard. So like, it was it was cool to do that for him. You know, like, and it was uh, it was those little moments just to see how like everyone fucking respects. You know, like and what they do. And I, I try to tell families when I'm making arrangements, like make it about the person. Like bring in music that they listen to. We can play our little house music, but I can tell you every time we play our little house music, everyone's uncomfortable and stiff and like they don't, right. you know. Yeah. But the second you hear music, they fucking recognize. Suddenly, it's like you see people calm down and kind of like oh so the story started it's like oh i remember yeah this and that and just like and you see people like make it about them i always tell them you know like bringing shit from the house you know like trinkets and we'll set it up everywhere and we'll just fucking you know make it you know about the person mm-hmm. and that's what i always like to do man just make it about the person it's always uh it's i'm saying that's what i'm trying to like that's what about the positive movement is a death positive movement it's just making it about the person and not so much like you know, you know, preach the sermon, but a lot of them just go only in a sermon and they don't talk about the person at all. And it's like, nah, man, yeah. make it about the person and the life that they led and just like the the shit that they did, whether it be bad or you know, just the the stories. You know, there's there's always good stories there. Yeah, I think I think when my dad, uh, like my dad has said that when he when he goes, he wants to hear, he wants um, what a wonderful world played and. Yeah, but, see, that would be a good one. But see, like, I think I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna tell all the funny stories that I had with my dad. And that's what it should be, man. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna, uh, I know I'm gonna cry, but I know I'm gonna laugh. You yeah. know what I mean? That's... And it's just, I think that, um, I think that's what I want people to do for me. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, I want people to, 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 to let, let people know that, you know, that I, that I was, I either brought him yeah. up or I, like he was, or he, I was I mean, a dick. Like he you know was, what I mean? here, <laughs> he was here in the world. He knew how to smoke meats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knew how to decanter some good alcohol. <laughs> yeah. This guy was, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, that's that'd what be it's awesome. about. Man. Like people come up and be like, yeah, the first time I ever met this guy, like he brought me over and like we, you yeah. know, his, his dog kept making me want to rub his ass. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, but dude. it's, um, but the, I think, it, I, I think that you have a very interesting um, outlook on it. And I get that it would come from your work, but it's it's also uh, what was it like growing up for you? Like when you were when you were a kid, did you have anything that 
do you think what made you comfortable with death or i don't know what it was dude like i remember being a kid and just always being really interested with death dude like even when i was a kid just like the whole i remember going to a funeral for my 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 father's friend when i was i was i think like preteen. i was like you know like maybe like nine or so you know mm-hmm. and i remember going up walking up to the casket to see it and i was like really fascinated by the whole thing and then just other shit too i remember when i was even younger than that going to a cousin's house and um he had like the, the movie faces of death and oh, like oh dude i used to love faces <laughs> of death. i think i freaking forgot about and that. like i was he was about to put it on for me and i was so excited but then when his older brother walked in he said like, what are you doing don't put it on he's just a kid and i was like no no i want to see yeah, and like I and, that. and yeah. i'd like i was always like just fascinated by it because like i said it's just like it's that whole other part of life that it's just like that no one like that's just that other spectrum that no one really sees no one really wants to see but it's like I, yeah. I was always fascinated by it, man. Like, I I hate to say it, but I watched some of those creepy fucking videos of the beheading videos and shit. Like, nothing like, I don't get, like, yeah. the first time I was actually experienced that, like, I didn't go looking for it, but one of my coworkers, when I was already in the line of work, I was coming out of the bathroom, and he was, like, watching one. He just puts it right in my face, like, look at this. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And yeah. next thing I know, like, two hours later, I'm still, still like, binge-watching all these <laughs> videos. I'm just like, y'all, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Don't put yeah. it away. Don't all put right. it away. <laughs> all right. Play the next one. Play the next one. No, it's like, but it's just yeah, like. Yeah, my girlfriend was sitting there at the, at the, um, at the game last night, and, um, and she's like, yeah, she's like, one of my friends is a, is a, um, a bodybuilder model yeah and i was like really and he's like she's like yeah she's like she's this asian and she's like she's like she's just she's just so gross like she just it's like you want to hate her but she's such a sweet person yeah and, and all this stuff and and i'm like really and she's like yeah she's like look at her and i'm like oh yeah wait a minute wait a minute wait, wait. <laughs> wait let me see one more yeah. Ooh, man that's uh yeah <laughs> that's, that's disgusting right <laughs> i was like i don't think i don't think those boobs are, are real i'm gonna slap you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know uh damn Here, can we can you zoom in on that uh, me... uh, yeah me, <laughs> uh, she's bending over in that one uh, me, uh, that's just that's that's gross it's gonna end that right you're just staring just but yeah, dude, what is she uh, doing to that glazed donut? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, that's but that's funny. that's just I don't know. I've always been fascinated in seeing like just all the different aspects of life, man. Even like even the the crazy shit, dude. It's just it's just something that happens, and it's like it's just I don't know. I like seeing everything, man. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So, um, do you have uh, do you have family? Do you have? Yeah, I have a uh, family. Um, Never, haven't been really close. I'm, I'm close to them, closer, but I mean, it, it's always been kind of a weird growing up with them. Uh, but yeah, my dad, really not so much close to him. My mom, I'm staying with my mom right now. We stay together. Mm-hmm. I, I pay half the rent, just to be clear on that. Like, we both yeah. go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sta- I'm not just living with her. Like, I'm putting in my shit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're, we're close. I'm close with my siblings. It was always like, I we had this long, deep, long conversation with me and my sister. Like, we realized, like, my a, a lot of shit came to light, like the shit you know behind closed door stuff. Like yeah. my my parents would always hide stuff from me, and I didn't like. And I, a lot of it's come to light where like apparently my dad had had affair with with my mother's sister, like the day I was born. Oh my! And so God. it was like so there was a lot of deep resentment towards me. So my mom was always like really like yeah, it's crazy. My mom was always wow. like very like resentful towards me. So like I was always just kind of like just the black sheep of the family, and I was in and, and uh, I can see like when looking back on it like. When I talked to my mom, like I realized that they got together really young. Mm. She was kind of like he pestered her to eventually to wear her down and get going out with them, and eventually, like you know, like they ended up getting into this long relationship. And I think she wanted to get out, but then with me being born, I kind of solidified it, and so she just hated him. So are you the oldest? And no, I'm the second. I'm the second. So no, I'm saying, like there was another, there was a first child, but then like with the second one, that just kind of really gotcha. And then uh, after that. It was always awkward. Like it was always awkward growing up. I remember there was always right. tension with them. It wasn't like the the loving family. It was always like when they're in the room together. It was like I better fucking leave. Like yeah, it's not. It doesn't. And it was. It wasn't a, like a, a like a. It wasn't a terrible upbringing. Do but, you think that you were trying to um, like like try, did you ever find yourself in like trying to make everybody happy? Oh yeah. I, I was mean, always the the class clown. I was always yeah. the kid that just had to make joke about everything, make light about everything. And that makes sense. And, and that, that happens in, in a lot with people that come from uh, relationships or, or their their family. Or there's arguing. Yeah. And like comics come out of that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're trying to make everybody happy. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's how you find your identity, you know. Yeah, that, that that's what that's yeah that, that definitely helped with that. And then going to school too. Yeah, that was the other part of it too. Which I was just I was always the the, the class clown and just the, the shit and just and just talk shit and stuff. Sorry, but um, no, 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 he, no, he he's, he's awesome. <laughs> I love this dog. This is such a cool Thank dog. You. Thank you. Yeah, but um, yeah, that, that upbringing I think made it like just I was always angry, you know, and I was always that's why I think it really was drew me a lot to death because it's like not not to be one of those little emo kids, but no, like no, yeah, I was yeah, like I was always like. You know, just just interested by all like the the negative and all the craziness in life, and like just all the fucking the, the crazy shit. Like, I li- yeah, I mean, when you see your mom looking at your dad, like I want to yeah. fucking kill you, or wish the, you were dead, like yeah, being dead. Yeah, you're like, okay, that's a that's yeah. a legitimate connection. <laughs> yeah. there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like there was there was like I've had to like break him up from fighting and shit. Dude, and it was always like mm-hmm. just weird. But yeah, that, that was always like the angry kid, and so just seeing all that death and shit, I was like, fuck it, yeah, death and destruction, all that. But then. But then in doing it, though, then we realized just, like, death can be, like, a really, like, it can be in its own way a really beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, so, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's cool how, um, I guess, how the, the, the job that most people think is so um, morose, you know, mm-hmm. it has been able to show you or, or let you really appreciate, like, what's so beautiful about life. You know what I yeah. mean? Absolutely, man. I, that's why whenever I'm like enjoying the moment, I always try to take a moment just to step back from everything. It's like really fucking appreciate the moment, man. Because, yeah. like I said, you only get so many of them. You yeah. only get so many fucking delicious fucking sandwiches. You just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, like you only get so. It's like yeah, it's just that those moments, man. You gotta enjoy and appreciate every moment that you're in. You know, just just to snapshot. You know, it's like just enjoy it, man. Because. We're all just like we're gonna look back on that shit. It's just like it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be, like, hey, I did all this, I did this and that, you know. As opposed to like I said, I, I just didn't want to be that guy. It's like, yeah, I was born in that city, and all you ever do was just fucking watch TV, you know. It's like, no, nah, go yeah. out there and fucking enjoy everything, man, because we don't know how long we got, you know. You're a really cool dude, man. I'm, I'm glad that I met you. I'm glad that. Um, Hell yeah, man. Thank I, you. I'm glad that we that, and I can't wait to have you back. I um, I know that. Uh, that we're, I was kind of working on a on a tight schedule here, but oh, it's I, okay. yeah, sorry, man. I, no, no, not you. Like it's just that I think that um, like we have other things we got to do. But I I really did love the fact that you were able to to free up time to come on out. Hell yeah, um, man. You have uh, tell me about what you got coming up. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me go through my calendar here. I know next Friday, um, I had a roast battle coming up this Tuesday, but it looks like my opponent's dropping out. So uh, that handle it, huh? yeah, you couldn't handle it. It was a, a buddy of mine, Josh Michaels. We're, oh yeah, I tried to get Josh Michaels on this on the yeah. podcast. And he, he was he was my first ever podcast. Was his podcast? But we we're gonna do it because he's known as Josh, the Magic Man Michaels. You know, because he used to uh-huh. do magician shit. So I was like, one time I was like, as a drunken just challenge, I was like, dude, let's do magician versus the mortician, <laughs> and do only those jokes. And he was like, fuck yeah. And, but That's then so like, funny. I wrote a lot of shit, but he was like, ah, I don't think I'm ready. So he's back. So whatever. But uh, um, I have a show on the 17th, uh, Friday. That one's going to be at the hideaway. And then later on that day, I have a show at Ontario, the uh, Die Hard like Roast Battle, or uh, just Rap Battle and Comedy Show. Then I have a show on the 29th in Flappers Burbank, the Uncle Clyde's Comedy Contest. And uh, that's all I got for now. But actually, I just got booked. I just got word last night. I got booked again back on January 31st, uh, Wednesday, January 31st, back at Ontario Improv. So nice. That um, one I'm forward to. Probably going to uh, drop this one on the 18th. Oh, for sure. Okay. Well, whichever. Yeah. And then um, what I'll do is I'll have to have you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and dude, you're, you're always welcome here, man. We, uh, I love you. Oh, thank you, man. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Hell yeah. All right, say bye, everybody. Bye.